We provide marketing analytics. We started as a software tool. Then we added uh, the social media PPC market research elements to that. And right now I would say we're like a full-fledged platform. If you want to get any marketing insights, SEMrush is your choice. You will be able to see what your competition does. You will be able to understand how you can ramp up your SEO game. You can do competitive analysis in social media and so on and so forth. In this episode, I'm talking to Olga Denisova, VP of Global Marketing for SEMrush. SEMrush is a SaaS platform best known for their market research and analytic tool. As of April 2023, the company was valued at $1.3 billion in trades on the New York Stock Exchange. We're going to talk about number one, how SEMrush wins in marketing. Where do they spend their marketing dollars? Number two, is PPC dead? We hear a lot of talk about CPC costs going through the roof, CAC going through the roof, but is it actually dead? And number three, why big events suck. In fact, the bigger the event, the more useless they are from a marketing ROI stand. We'll also try to figure out things like how much money SEMrush spends per month on marketing. And number two, what is their number one marketing channel by ROI? And if she can't answer a question, we both have to take a shot of hot sauce. Wish me luck, Martians. Hope you enjoy this one. Hello, hello, Martians. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing on Mars. Today, I'm, I'm a little bit starstruck because I've been using the software for most of my career. And now we have the VP of global marketing, Olga Denisova of SEMrush here with us today. Uh, Olga, thank you so much for joining the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm also a bit terrified with this <laughs> thing that, I, that I'm holding. I but rough. yeah, I hope I will survive. <laughs> I think you will, and you'll you'll survive even stronger. I believe. Um, yeah. First, I'll I'll give a brief little intro on you, uh, and I'm just I have your background in front of me. It's incredible, and then I'll get you to talk a little bit about yourself before we get into the fun stuff, the really yeah. really fun stuff. Um, so Olga has been a, like a lifetime marketer. You've you've been in marketing for basically. I think you started your career around 2009. And yep. you just, you've been hopping around different company. Um, most recently, before uh, before Semrush, you've been there for three years. Before that, you were a director of global marketing for a major, major company, Veeam Software. Um, that grew to like X, I don't even know how large. They raised $500 million and crazy valuation. You were there for five years. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about your journey in marketing and what brought you to SEMrush today. Yeah, well, like you said, uh, I've been doing marketing for like 15 years now and it's pr pretty much everything I know. <laughs> so I ne never ever trade anything else. And uh, I think I fell in love with marketing and IT from the very beginning. I had my internship in a smaller startup and everyone uh, was speaking like gibberish there and I like fell in <laughs> love with oh my God, these people talking, you know, these magic words, like I'm <laughs> talking about With this in marketing, way. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I need to be there. And you, you see, 15 years later, I'm still here. Uh, a um, little bit less of gibberish to, to me. <laughs> Sometimes I talk gibberish to others. <laughs> but in general, yeah, I've been enjoying it so much. And like you said, uh, I've been... Um, I've been working with SEMrush for three years prior to, to that Veeam. Uh, and basically, 
I think I had it all in terms of I worked in startups, I worked in enterprise companies, I worked in mid-market companies. So that I think what has made my journey exciting and at the same time very um very educating, so to speak, right? To see companies at different stages. Marketing is so different for each stage. And like if we yeah. talk about startup, it's, it's one case. If we talk about the company that did an IPO, it's totally different game. Priorities are different. Strategies are different. So yeah, um, so that's why I'm here 15 years later still. Yeah, and you were also part of uh, SEMrush's IPO. Like you were exactly. part of that whole thing. So yes. not like startup, mid-level, scale-up, enterprise to IPO. Like you've touched a whole spectrum. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about where you're at in your career? Like what's next for Olga? Yeah, no, I think there is so much more still to learn. So for example, again, if we talk about, so right now I'm very much impressed and uh, interested in what can be done across different verticals. So the higher you, you grow, the more diverse you need to be with different verticals and ABM, for example. And again, the way that you market to, you know, retail or e-commerce or again, very strict healthcare organizations, it's all different. So I would say before it was about like wide range of things and different stages. And right now it's more about, okay, what if I go deeper in certain, you know, vertical in certain direction? So again, there is so much more to learn for me. Like I'm very honest with myself, but there is so much more to learn. That's awesome. And I think we've had 40, actually no, 51 guests before you now. I think you might be 52 or 53. And that's like one of the commonalities that I find with successful leaders is they're always thinking of how to learn more and they always have a growth mindset like they they never they haven't learned enough yet and i think that's i i, I see that in you as well so um okay before we dive into some rush and yeah all of the your expertise and everything you know the theme of the show we're gonna start to show up with a little shot of hot sauce and every single time i ask you a question and you can't answer we're gonna be doing another shot of hot sauce together so what what weapon do you have in your hand today oh gosh uh so first full disclaimer i'm not sure if i'm going to cry like a baby because i never ever eat uh, eat like uh, hot <laughs> food in general like i hate hot sauces especially oh, no. so <laughs> i came to this thai restaurant and they gave me this uh con thai lemongrass sriracha sauce i'm not sure if i pronounce it correctly but yeah yeah, yeah. Was wrong they told me they wanted probably to scare me off. <laughs> yeah. By the way, where, where are you calling from today? Well, yeah, Amsterdam. You're calling from Amsterdam. Yeah. Do they have a lot of spicy food in Amsterdam or not really? They have a lot of like Indonesian, Thai food, like right. food places. So yeah, no, uh, they definitely have. Okay. So I have a spoon in front of me. I'm going to start off light. I have this habanero sauce. So I'll start okay. light and then I'll move up with you together. Okay. So I'm just going to fill up the spoon. Okay. All right. Okay. Cheers. 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 How do you feel? <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Do you have water? 
Do you have, yeah, I do. Do you have water? Yeah. Let's have a sip of water. I need, I need a sip. Most okay. importantly, I need to make sure you're hydrated mm-hmm. because you're going to be doing most of the talking. So I okay. feel for you. I got to take yeah. care of you. All right. I'm poor. Yep. So first, before we begin anything, I know Sev Rush. A lot of people might know Sev Rush, but just in case for the small percentage of people that don't know Sam Rush and don't feel bad because there are so many tools out there. What is Sam Rush in a couple of sentences? What do you guys do? How do you guys make money? Yeah, uh, we provide marketing analytics. Um, so we started as a software tool and uh, then we added uh, the social media PPC market research elements to that. And right now I would say we're like a full-fledged platform and the short answer is if you want to know to get any marketing insights, SEMrush is your choice. So you will be able to see what your competition does. You will be able to understand how you can ramp up your SEO game. Uh, you can do competitive analysis in social media and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, basically, if you want to understand what, how you are doing compared to your competitors in any area, social media, paid ads or search engine SEO, you want to use a tool like SEMrush. Of course, there are a lot of many other tools out there, but you guys are probably one of the largest. Um, just so the audience can know how exactly how large SEMrush is, give us some stats, like anything that's shareable, because I know you guys are public now, so I yeah. assume revenue, revenue is shareable and even like uh, valuation is shareable. Can you Talk, share us some numbers to give us a sense of how large some rushes. Yeah, yeah, of course. So when it comes to market cap right now, well, it depends on the uh, stock uh, price. But as of today, we are evaluated at close to $1.4 billion. Uh, and wow. uh, in terms of uh, stats sharing, so... Um, our annual report is out there and uh, we boasted the revenue, the annual revenue of uh, 254 million and it was 35% year over year growth. So we were very wow. excited and proud of the team to make it come true. Wow. And we're not going to ask you anything about Q1 numbers because we know that's you cannot disclose that. We're not going to do that for the hot sauce. We're going to be fair with the, with the questions. Thank um, you. 1.4 billion. So a very, very large. So how does that stack against other tools out there? Obviously, there are other major tools that many of us know about. Is SunRush now the number one tool when it comes to revenue? Do, do you know your, the stats on your competitors? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't be able like to uh, say for sure the revenue of every single competitor out there. But what I can say is that when it comes to uh, brand awareness and the most searched tool, it's been several quarters uh, when we were the most searched uh, marketing analytics tool. And uh, uh, yeah, in general, yeah, market is very dynamic. But in general, yeah, it's been quite a few months and quarters and even years uh, since we gained i would say number one place in many uh in many niches and uh, yeah we still hold it we have yeah so you guys are the number one searched um obviously very strong in seo what other channels like what are your main 
let's say the main, the top five main channels that you guys play in for marketing. Uh-huh. What are, what are okay. these top five channels? Yeah. yeah. Well, I will start with paid acquisition channels. Uh, well, I lead the digital marketing department, so I kind of have to. Uh, and when it comes to paid acquisition channels, I think our number one, first and foremost channel is paid search, non-brand. And uh, wow. this is the best scalable channel you can think of if we talk about harvesting existing demand. And uh, um, another number two, I would say, choice for us is video advertising. And this is where we are following suit, I would say, because like, if I ask you what you uh, what you did today in the morning, very likely that you were watching you know, TikTok or YouTube or something. So video, like we are doing podcasts now, like literally it's video exactly. format. Right? Yeah. 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 So for us, well, we understood that, uh, we understood very quickly that video is out there and we need to follow. And uh, we've done plenty of video advertising in all formats across all platforms that are available out there. So um, to top that, I would add um, educating uh, users, and it's not necessarily channel, even though we treat it both as channel and as our content strategy. So I'm not sure if you have heard of SEMrush Academy, uh, but it basically... I think so, yeah. You think so? Okay, okay, this is good. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, and this is our, again, this is like, first, it's obviously, yeah, uh, we produce content, so we are like a big content publisher, uh, but at the same time, it's a channel for us. And it's the channel for us, not necessarily about uh, created demand, but it's about nurturing our future users, our future customers, our uh, existing audience into our future customers. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. yeah, if you haven't checked this out, for everyone listening, highly recommend plant of great quality materials out there. So these are definitely our top three. And to add more to that, I would definitely add email marketing, very cost effective, very scalable. Uh, not to brag, but we just published a case study with uh, Adobe Marketo about how we scaled email marketing in SEMrush wow. and we uh, we have reached 33% year-over-year growth um, in email channel in number of customers, paying customers driven from the email channel. So it also uh, fights against the myth that email channel may not necessarily be uh, driving, you know, a lot of paying customers. It's more about retention and user engagement. Yes, but it also is a great revenue generator channel and i think to wrap it up i would definitely uh, add like i will complete it with seo well of again course. it's obviously our uh, <laughs> yeah. we need to set the bar here i would say and this is where we mostly count on content-led seo again so for example if you check our blog it's always high quality content and it's basically exemplary uh, in terms of seo Okay, before we dive into each one of the channels, because there's so many things that we can learn from you. How much do you guys spend in marketing, like per year, would you say? Yeah, so this is something that I cannot not share with you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, wow. They caught us right away. That was fast. That was so fast. Okay, all right. We'll we'll do a quick... (laughs) 
I'll keep with the same spicy level for this one. I, I'm not going to go up yet. Yeah. Yeah, please. Please don't. <laughs> okay. Right, cheers. cheers. I got it here. Yeah. Oof. I'll bring this when I come to Amsterdam next time. We'll, we'll try this. We'll try it as well. If I survive, <laughs> yes. We survive. <laughs> Oof. Okay, so <clears throat> cannot share how much you guys spend. But if we were to just say on average 10% of revenue is going towards marketing, that would be roughly a $30 million, give or take. We're not going to get you to confirm or not confirm or disconfirm it, but that would be, that's a, that would be a very hefty budget. Um, okay, let's talk about, we're going to talk about each one. Um, we're going to break down each one, but in terms of a percentage breakdown, what percent of your marketing budget goes towards paid versus video versus content versus SEO versus email? Is that something you can share with us? Like the breakdown? No. You can't share that as well. Okay. Um, lights, no lights. I think we're okay. Okay. I think, I think, I think they added that into the last Okay. okay, so I think I think we we survived that. Um, okay. Um, okay, so let's let's dive into each one of these then. In terms of maybe, you talked about paid search first. Paid okay. search, non-branded. We get a lot of people coming on the show, and it's pretty much like, I would say fifty fifty. Fifty percent of the market are saying PPC sucks now. CPC is way too high. Cost per acquisition is way too high. PPC is no longer our main F, um, focus. We're going to shift over to events and community. Mm -hmm. That's like 50%, 50% of the people that come on the show. The other 50% are saying paid still works wonders. It's still one of our top channels and we're still putting more money and we're seeing pretty good returns. Which side are you on? I definitely... I'm convinced 100% that paid search is thriving. And it's only the question of how capable you are of using it the right way. Because obviously it has become way more complex, way more advanced, and competition is fierce. And another thing is that it's twofold game. Because it's not only about PPC and ads and creatives, but it's also about your customer journey and content that you produce. So it's no longer the case of, okay, I'll just put my ad out there and they just throw in some random landing page and they will keep coming in. You need to optimize very diligently every single step of user's journey. And to give you an example, so how yeah. we improved our efficiency in paid ads, uh, because yes, CPC, yeah, it can be crazy, but what we've done, we implemented um, very simple and yet sophisticated logic. So we made consistent the headline of the ad to the search query. And at the same time, we made consistent landing page headline to the headline of the ad, to, which is consistent with the search query. And to top that, we made the sign up 
headline consistent all the way back to search query. So wow. in other words, let's say you are searching for SEO tool. So you type in SEO tool, our headline says searching for an SEO tool, try SEMrush. They go to the oh, yeah. headline, uh, to the landing page. The headline says the same. They go to the sign up flow. The headline confirms you found the right SEO tool, sign up now. And this way we improved our efficiency. I don't remember how many times, but I do remember that our new MRR increased by 40%. 40% by this. From, from the paid channel that's attributable yes, to yes, the paid channel. Yes, from the paid channel. So this is like a perfect example that, okay, it's, it, it's not that complicated if you think about that. It's relatively straightforward, yet not everyone does that for some reason. And uh, again, as simple steps as making the customer journey personalized, making the customer journey adjusted to their specific requests, you can definitely optimize it. And, um, and then another example, everyone complains that it's really hard to scale uh, paid search, but it, again, it's the conversation, it may only happen if you think very I don't want to, to call it like narrow-minded, but like if your site yeah. is really narrow and you're looking at the exact match, but hey, there is like broad match that you can use. And again, you can use dynamic search ads feeding into blogs, uh, into your ads. And it's again, scalable, like in hundreds of percentages. So this is another thing that you can explore if you're not convinced that paid search is working for you. So does that mean that all of your uh, paid search is uh, dynamic nowadays? Like I would say yes. Majority? Like, yeah, the absolute majority of it. And again, uh, another thing, another take on that is we always assess um, our performance like day to day and we drive A-B tests. So uh, in general, there may be cases when dynamic is losing against like something else. Uh, against like, you know, some headline that has been performing for years and we know that it's working, right? Another uh -huh. case is that sometimes uh, it's not necessarily revenue that you want from your paid ads. So for example, we run, uh, we run our paid ads against our competition keywords. And in this case, uh -huh. it's less about conversion. It's more about the brand awareness, you know, playing awareness. brand perception. Exactly. Yeah. So in this case, it's uh -huh. not dynamic. No, it's... Uh, 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 but, but the headline is creative, the headline is eye-catching. So in our case, it's working, but slightly in a different manner. Wow, that's incredible. And so talk to us about your uh, marketing stack. Like, what do you guys use for your landing page, for your landing pages? Because they have to be dynamic. They take in the, the, the search term and it will throw it onto your landing yeah. page. What, yeah. what tools are you using to make sure that you can... Yeah. keep that entire uh, customer journey very consistent. Yeah. Uh, so first, uh, we do use uh, Marketo uh, landing pages in terms of uh, making dynamic headlines. I know that we used Google Optimize, but now we will need to switch to something else, uh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's inconvenient, Google. <laughs> Hello to you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but in general, uh, it's never the question about a tool, you know. Uh, there are so many tools out there. You can always find something that works uh, as you want. It's more about uh, putting yourself into the shoes of the customer. And again, uh, my, my favorite exercise is I 
I just literally go to incognito mode and I and I search SEMrush and I register and I try to live the experience. And that's how you came up with these ideas, right? Because it's tool is like at the very end of the idea. It all starts with customer experience. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then so let's keep walking down that journey, right? You yeah. got you got the, the you got the search, you got the custom landing page, customize all the all the text. And when they fill out the email, do you then continue? Like, do you have different email funnels that are customized to the search term as well? Or once they yes. land that? Yeah. 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 But, but it's not tied to the search term, but we do segment users based on the tools that they're interested in. So let's say you, you uh, have shown that you're interested in this particular tool set. Uh, and it means that you are going into the nurture track for this particular tool. And we also use dynamic content within our email, uh, email content as well, right? And wow. uh, when people talk about personalization, it's very often, okay, you need to put customer's name, but hey, there is so no. much more that you can do. And by the way, our tests show that uh, using user's name does not impact the performance uh, no. <laughs> at all. Because so, that's like, the easiest. Of, that's the easiest thing to do. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Person. That's the easiest exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's the easiest. But what you can play around with, okay, depending on where the customer is on their customer journey. So whether they uh, did they sign up for a trial or not, uh, did they try this particular tool, toolkit or not, did they already purchase, uh, let's say, a certain type of plan, and you want them to. Uh, to find out about other tools. Depending on the journey, you can customize CDA, like, okay, go and uh, make the most out of your trial or go and check out this particular additional tool that you missed. Uh, so you can play with CDA, you can play with headline, you can play with content itself. So this is what we're doing in email. And again, personalization it's really hard for me to give you like an immediate answer about email marketing, uh, like how much it boosted, uh, yeah. how much dynamic content boosted it. But I do, uh, but what I can share with you is our engagement through email marketing increased 200% year over year since we started playing more wow. with the content and uh, making it customized based on the user's intent. So customization, so, so important. And I've, I've found the same thing. I, I run a few events. I, I, by the way, do you guys run events at all? Do you guys no. run work? No, no events. Okay. So this is where, uh, where I need to, uh, to share a very candid belief that I don't believe in big events. <laughs> and uh, my take here is that the bigger event is, the more useless it is. Because it's very often <laughs> like the vanity fair and it's like boosting egos of marketing leaders out there. So they're yeah. like throwing in incredible sums of money. And it's so hard to really stand out again in this vanity fair. And at the same time, people are over-informed. They are overwhelmed. So if you really want, you know, to get like meaning, meaningful connections with your users, if you really want to sign up, let's say a partner, my very strong recommendation is that would go to smaller events. So. Yes. Yeah, no. So this is exactly what, so I, um, I've interviewed a handful of founders, obviously on my podcast, I usually interview CMOs, founders and CEOs. 
you have the experience of a CMO, which is why I was so excited to bring you on. But uh, every single month or every month and a half, I usually do a founders meetup in the city that I'm in. So right now I'm in Vancouver. Yeah. So I had a, but by the way, anyone listening in, if you're a founder or a C-suite in Vancouver, DM me in, on LinkedIn. I usually run events. And what I found is that the, the personalized uh, messages, very short, works the best um, for, for those kind of like event type mm -hmm. uh, emails. So I, I, totally, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. Just keep it personalized, right? Keep it personalized and not just the first name because actually my emails don't use the first name personalized, but I personalize based off of title, location, interest, make it so that the event is really useful for you, like yeah, valuable for you, right? Um, so yeah. Um, okay, so paid search, very strong for you guys. I know you guys do a lot of video advertising. Talk to us about some of the platforms that you're on. Um, where do you use, where do you advertise your, your videos? Yeah, okay. So um, every single social media platform you can think of, we are there. So it's like uh, Meta. YouTube. Yeah, 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 obviously. Yeah, YouTube, TikTok, Meta, which means like Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, we also run our ads through DV360 that gives you exposure to basically every single vendor that uses video. So like... Ned even like certain Yahoo sections, for example, or Vimeo and stuff like that. And for us, the key principle here is uh, first to, to test a lot because there is, video is very cost expensive when it comes to production. So gotcha. uh, when you assess the ROI of video, it's very important to think, okay, so how much did it cost me to actually produce the content that I want to run? So it's so essential for you to test out different formats and different messages before you invest a whole ton of money into like high quality production over certain messaging piece. Uh, so I think that's the core for us. So we test a lot and, uh, uh, for some videos, it's short formats that perform better. And in general, our key ta uh, takeaways, 15 seconds is the best performing for format for video because we're, oh. we live in a fast moving world and people don't want to spend time watching video ads, right? And yeah, at the same time... Our, our videos, uh, we found the same thing. Like we do, we do long form, like our, this yeah. whole interview is going to be on YouTube. And that's like a 45 minute, we're already at 30 minutes, by the way, yeah. right now. So those get very minimal views, but our shorts that are nine to 12 seconds, they'll get like over almost 2000 views per clip. And so that's like, yeah, short form is definitely the way to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. At the and same time, quite, uh, quite counterintuitive, but uh, for us, like six seconds or five, six, uh, five seconds videos did not perform as well as 15 seconds. So it's kind of too short. Too That's short, all. yeah. Yeah, and we wouldn't know it without testing. So testing is key, especially when it comes to video. 100%. Okay, as a marketer, I'm very curious, and I'm hoping this is answerable. I'm very, I'm nervous, but what is your cost per acquisition on just regular paid search versus video? Can you share with us how well they perform? Well, I can no. share percentages, <laughs> but okay. Wait. Wait, you can share percentages as in 
Can you explain? As in like year over year growth, for example. So what oh, I can well. share is like year over year growth in performance, but you won't take it, will you? Um, we'll, we'll take whatever we can, but first I think we'll have to okay. we'll do this first. How are you doing? How's your how's your throat doing? Okay, uh, so far, yeah, well, bearable. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Okay, maybe, okay, let's not talk about exact numbers, but which which channel performs better for you guys for CPA? Ser okay. Paid search or, or video? Okay, well, in these regards, it's very essential what attribution you use. So if we talk about multi-channel attribution, it's definitely paid search. I think, yeah, it's paid search non-brand, but okay. at the same time, Again, if we talk about like awareness uh, and if we take into account engagement, paid video is best. But again, I cannot stress it enough. There are so many factors that, that, you, can, that you should take into account. Because again, imagine that you've done tons of organic social before. And it means that if you launch paid social, I mean, video formats in, in paid social channel, it may not necessarily work for you best. And vice yeah. versa, if you've done tons of page storage non-brand before, probably you you have already gathered all the demand that, that, that is out there, and then you need to go into paid video. So again, it's it's never, you know, as straightforward as uh, like go there and it will work yeah. magic for you. It's more about, I can share again that it's working for us. And in general, we see that paid video is gaining more and more um, attention out there, attention of our users. Yeah, because like, how do you know if if the video, if the video is what drove them to sign up in the end, or was it, or was it the constant um, ads that they clicked on search that 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 helped drive? It's so hard to know to attribute where that decision took place. So yeah, like having multi using multi touch channels versus just like a like a brand awareness, like having all those different um, ways of, of, uh, viewing the, the metrics is very important. Um, so how do you guys measure, like when you're talking to the board or when you're talking to your, your bosses, Yeah. what are the most important KPIs for you when it comes to <laughs> paid ads? Like, what do you share with them? Do you share with them the total amount spent versus the total incremental revenues or like, how do you guys look at your yeah. marketing spend? Um, just like you said, so first there was always the revenue part. And this is, I would say that in SEMrush, um, it is unconventional unconventional for a B2B company to be measured by revenue because it's usually marketing qualified leads, you know, and lead scoring and stuff like that. But yeah. now in SEMrush, it's very straightforward. But it's so challenging and exciting at the same time because you can actually see how you are making a change. So for us, number one, KPI is the revenue that we generated. And even more specific, new user revenue so how many new net new payments have we generated and revenue out of these new payments on top of that like you said it is always about ROI that we deliver and incremental value so whenever we launch anything new the question that we need to ask okay what is the incremental value on top of what we would have generated without that if we without it if we 
yeah, yeah, you forgot to use that. So, and obviously then it's like, you know, um, going backwards across uh, through the customer journey. So new user MRR, uh, number of payments, number of trials, number of registrations, and then CPA. And uh, obviously we always take into account like blended CAC, uh, channel CAC to, again, to take care of, okay, how efficient we are. We also calculate efficiency rates. So, okay, how much we need to invest to gain every single dollar in revenue. Um, so, but long story short, it your KPIs always have to be connected to the business revenue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then lastly, let's, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the content that you guys are creating. Um, yeah. You guys are spending a lot of money on content, not just for the video ads, but just overall content yes. for Semrush Academy. What, just overall, tell us, tell us how you, how you think about content. Now there's AI, a lot of AI tools that yeah. make the creation of content a lot faster. Um, just maybe just tell us a little bit about your overall strategy and then, you know, things that you're testing with content. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are a few things. So first, um, whenever we talk about B2B messaging, it's a very, uh, it often has several things attached to that. So first, it's very official. It's very rigid. It's very like, you know, corporate America style, not in the best sense of it. So no. second, it's always very much feature based. So this is how many cool features we have. And sometimes it's complete it sounds like complete nonsense because you can understand nothing out of it right mm -hmm. and uh, um third it's very salesy so go and buy and buy so this is so our logic here is like to to do it like completely opposite way so first we are very very much focused on keeping our tone of voice we are fun, we're engaging, we are like very human, human-like. And uh, even, for example, when our social media team uh, leaves comments to other people's posts, we even add, you know, the name of a person from the SEMrush social mm -hmm. media team, like, again, to show that, hey, it's not like faceless SEMrush brand, but they're like real yeah. people, like you and I. There are people, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. that's number one. For us, it's very important that any content that we create, it's easy to digest, it's fun, it's engaging, it's something that you will be willing to share on your LinkedIn feed. Because let's mm -hmm. be honest, you often work in a company and you don't want to share the social media posts or anything else because of <laughs> yeah. cash. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, and uh, uh, this is uh, about educating customers. So we don't want to be salesy. We want, again, to show the value. And it's very much connected. Um, again, it, it's more about, uh, it's both about showing value and not trying to sell and put, you know, a price tag right in front. Behind. in front of you. So instead of talking about very specific features, of course, we talk about them. But first, we want to show you, this is what you can do if you introduce SEO to your uh, to your play. Or this is how much you can, again, reach with doing proper market research. And then we break it down uh, by like specific features, not, not, not vice versa. And again, we don't want to sell 
to, 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 to sell upfront. We want yeah. to educate you about all the possibilities because again, we're, we, there are so many choice, choices in the market. It doesn't work uh, like you know a TV ad anymore. Like call us and buy it now. It's more about okay, this is what we can do for you, and then it's the customer's choice at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I, I, I always, um, I totally agree with your first point. I think the whole corporate uh, style of B two B, like the old, the old ways, just yeah. We don't really like that content. We always skip through it. And I think COVID really helped accelerate that because now nobody's in the office anymore. Most people are just at home. So everyone's more chill, laid back and less corporate tea, right? Uh So for me, it was all about, that's one of the reasons why we have hot sauce on this show. We started, the first 10 episodes was just you and I talking about marketing for one hour. Now... We're kind of, there's something on the line, there's hot sauce on the line. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm nervous when I look at my hot sauce <laughs> and it just keeps things fun and light. I totally agree. Like having fun is just the way to go. Um, and just like imagine the best friends that you ever created or some of the best dates that, you, that you've been on. Like when you're going to date, it's it's a human interaction, right? B2B sales, B2B relationships are still at the end of the day, a person talking to another person. So it just has to be more relatable, more fun. I, I totally agree uh, with everything that you're saying. Um, so out of all the channels that we talked about, paid, video, content, you talked a little bit about email and also SEO. What is your number one channel? Like the top in terms of ROI or CAC? This is not answerable. <laughs> so it's, I, I would say, it's, yeah, it's very tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm assessing right now, like internally, like, okay, so what can I say? <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, I think I cannot share like ROI, like any, any channel ROI with you. But, but just like the top, like the ranking, well, like, like which one okay, is that? Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The top. So I would definitely say organic search. Is the number one? Yeah, yeah. Again, okay. I'm very hesitant to say number one because again, it really depends on where you are in your market journey and yeah. how you calculate your ROI, like whether you include all the human resources costs or not, or whether yeah. you include like immediate marketing costs. So again, it's, it's very dependent, but I would also like to balance this out. Uh, and if we talk about like a direct marketing um, investments, I would say it's, I think it's still paid search on brand. Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so you definitely are on the the side of the camp that says PPC is not dead. It is completely not dead. 100%. Because you got- yeah, because you guys are still killing it on on social. Yeah. So that's yeah. I mean uh, on, on paid search. Okay, so that's right. that's awesome. Um, now let's talk a little bit about events. You yes. said you said you don't believe in big events. The bigger the event, the more useless it is. 
explain a little bit more. Does that mean that you guys don't go to any big events or are there, only, are there certain events that you still go to or you just think all big events are a waste of money? Yeah, we're very selective. We never sound like a definite no, like never say never, but we're yeah. very selective. So uh, like I shared before, if you want to really make an impact during a really big, huge conference, you need to invest a lot. And I'm talking about investment, not necessarily the venue itself, like to, and uh, like the booths and the uh, people there and like giveaway materials and stuff. I'm talking about you will need to surround yourself with offline advertising, you know, next to the venue. Otherwise, no one would know about that. And then you need to invest into mobile and online ads in general also, you know, to, to you know, to make this surround effect that user, okay, they come to the venue and then they see, and, and then you target them based on their location. So what I'm saying here is it's a lot of investment and it yeah. will not necessarily pay off. And again, at the end of the day, it depends on what target you are pursuing, right? If you want to make a big splash in terms of you know general awareness, then you may be eager to invest that amount of millions but if we talk about like strict user uh user revenue generation events definitely not your not your choice instead um what do we do for us events it's more about building community and brand reputation so we are more than eager you know to go out there and share our knowledge and share our experience like what i'm doing right now with you so this is yeah. what we 100 percent support because we have so much to share and this is one uh, avenue another avenue is smaller niche events so they're very targeted audience there is very eager to actually you know to talk and uh, sure. to talk and to partner. So that's why we often support very small niche events about SEO or depending on our, on our targets, it may be again, market research, social media, or even affiliates. Um, but again, it's very targeted. So if you ask me, okay, Olga, should I invest in a big event? I would say think twice. Uh Give us some examples of some recent smaller events that you've been to. Like, yeah, as, as much detail as possible. Like what kind of events were they and yeah. why did you why did you find it so successful? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, a very good example would be the affiliate events. So we've been to this big affiliate marketing event in Dubai with like tens of thousands oh. of people uh, joining it. And uh, uh, there is a list of like smaller affiliate events. Honestly, I don't even remember the names. But yeah. just because, again, they're like very specific, it's usually like even not the capital of the country, but like smaller, uh, smaller city in the country. And they organize again for this local community of affiliates, they organize an event. And uh, so know. comparing our results, so we, we went to both events and, our, and we had several goals in mind. So first we wanted again to talk to our audience to uh, gauge our, you know, brand awareness, brand perception to be with the customers. That was number one. Number two was to find potential partners to our affiliate program. And uh, uh, that was pretty much it. 
And the big Dubai event, it was like a complete failure because everyone was so eager to have fun instead of working there. And and uh, um, on the other, and on the contrary, smaller events, again, people want to go there. And uh, we recruited several really, uh, really well-performing partners there. And again, we talked to our customers. We met much more customers at the smaller events rather than at a big mm. event. How many people were at the small event? Yeah. Oh, it was like uh, 100, 200 events. Uh, 100, oh. 200 people attendees. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's still not a really small event. It's a... It's like a medium, kind of a medium, small to medium size. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, event. yeah. No, we need to, yeah, we need to compare our scales. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Some can say that yeah, it's like really yeah, more like a medium event. Yes. Yeah, because when I was thinking small, I was thinking like thirty to forty people. Like, okay, okay. Do you ever do you ever do you ever go to events like those that are yes, like yes, really small, really curated? Yes. Yeah, it's more like you know. Um, uh, business breakfast uh, format and stuff like that. So yeah, we definitely do. Uh, and in this case, it's less about user. Again, uh, it's less about revenue itself, but more more about community reputation um, and uh, th and things like that. Yeah, and uh, and so like okay, so there's a hundred or two hundred different people in in that event. What what about it made it really easy to have conversations? Like, did they do like speed networking style? Did they just have, was it just two or three hours of all talking? Did you guys speak on stage or whatever? Like, what was the agenda about that? Yeah, what yeah. about that event made it very yeah. easy for you to connect? Um, uh, <clears throat> that's hot sauce. Okay. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Uh, I hope I will be able to answer <laughs> next questions. <clears throat> well, uh, it was a smaller venue, and uh, um, it means so. First and foremost, is it's the size of the venue, as simple as that. Uh, One gigantic venue, it's really your last, basically, and you go uh, through and crowds of people. You do not connect with anyone. You cannot see anyone. You just go to your place. With yeah, a small yeah. venue, okay, you go, you meet and greet people, stuff like that. So as simple as as that, the first factor was the size of the venue. The second part okay. was uh, the, uh, the extensiveness of the agenda, and it was very short. So it, was, it wasn't like several days in a row, like again with bigger events when you were lost, between all the speakers and sessions. Yeah. It was one oh, day God. event, it was like five, four to five speakers, and that's it. And there was the usual networking part after the session. So again, very simplistic, nothing extraordinary, but because of this size and um, high quality of uh, high level of speakers and not too crowded, I would say agenda, uh, it worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important for people listening because uh, a lot of the people listening are marketers probably our b2b world and events are so important so being able to being able to do these b2b events well is something that a lot of people are trying to figure out so you know yeah. uh, hearing from from olga's personal uh experience is you know probably very important for everyone uh that are listening 
Okay, um, let's dive into one area that I really wanted to ask you because you're in the world of SEO, right? SEMrush really started off being really strong in SEO analytics. And there's this new tool, ChatGPT. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it. A lot of AI tools. Are you afraid that tools like ChatGPT will kind of ruin SEMrush? Or, I don't know, for, maybe I'll throw this first question. Are you, are you thinking about it a lot? Are you worried about SEMrush's future? Yeah, uh, no, I am not, uh, because we uh, because I think it's if you rephrase this question, it's uh, the question sounds like, are you afraid of innovation? <laughs> because yeah. basically, it's a new thing out there, and uh, uh, there are two ways, uh, two sides to that. You either ignore it and don't use it in a couple of years, so we'll see if you're out there, yeah. or you start thinking how you make it work for you so in our case so first we do use chat gpt for different purposes we test it so to give you a very quick example we test it for copywriting purposes for tests in email we uh, we launched the test uh, trying to understand uh, whether human generated or chat gpt generated headline will win so things like work for example we use ai tools to write copy for search ads because again very it's so easy you give the number of limits for your ads and then again for machine it's so much easier to give you multiple examples within the given limit in comparison to a human person human being Uh, so in other words the question is are you afraid of innovation or not i would say if you're in the game (laughs) then <laughs> it's probably that you are not and then it's the question okay so how do you make it work for you and this is what mm. we're doing in SEMrush and I think the question here would be okay if the SEO industry industry is going to evolve and use it then we, we will follow because again remember like several years ago everyone was talking that SEO is going to die <laughs> and how many years later still here we are yeah, and like Google has been coming out and say we're gonna eliminate first first party or third party cookies for like yes. how long now? I mean, they're they're most likely it's gonna happen in the next three four years. Facebook is Facebook and Meta yeah. is kind of going down that path. It, iOS as well, the recent iOS update. It looks like maybe mm-hmm. we're going down that path, but yeah, people have been saying SEO is dying like seven years ago, five years ago, right? And yeah. it's still not. Um, yep. But I think I think the main thing is like would would Chat GPT be able to do a lot of functions that SCM Rush can do? I think that's that's the main question. And right now we don't have the answer, but yeah. I don't know. As of now, it definitely can't. And for the future, I think the question would be how SEMrush is going to integrate AI features in into our functionality. So that's the answer. Are you, are you guys are you guys already working on something? I cannot say anything, <laughs> but we are definitely exploring. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll let no lights, no lights so no far. Lights, so I no think, yeah, I think we're okay. Like like um, everyone else, we are exploring all all the multiple paths. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think let's. Uh, well, I think we're just about uh, near the end. Um, maybe. 
maybe we can talk a little bit about um there are a lot of people that are listening to this call today are probably thinking wow like Olga's your experience is amazing you veeam software now scm rush like one of the leaders of such a large organization how do you get there you know there's a lot of mid-level marketers that are struggling to break past the manager level and yeah. what kind of advice would you give someone right now that's in a mid-level marketer yeah position and wants to get to a higher position like what kind of advice would you give them i love this question and um I think my main advice here would be think about yourself as a product. If you were a product, what would be your value proposition and what will be what would be something that makes you different from everyone else? And your difference is very often on is very often the combination of contrasting skills. So to illustrate that with myself, um, I got a degree in public relations and uh, it gave me certain, you know, communication skill set and writing skill set, but very quickly I understood that, okay, I, I don't enjoy it that much and I would rather again go to this cute IT guys <laughs> to do the marketing thing. And that's, that's when I realized that my communication and again, writing uh, skill set is very, very applicable because when it comes yeah, to digital yeah. marketing, it's all about analytics, it's all about math, it's all about numbers. And it's very often that people who come with the uh, pure digital marketing background, it's hard for them often, you know, to express, uh, to express what works, what does not, to explain really complex things in very simple terms. And this is when I realized that, okay, this is like my kind of unique value proposition. So I Bad. can do messaging, I can do content marketing, but at the same time, I can do numbers basically. And I enjoy doing this. And uh, really? so for any mid-level marketer out there, think about, okay, so what extra skill you can add to your, to your portfolio that would, then. which is, that is very rare to find in your area. And that will differentiate you from the others. So that would be my advice. Is there is there one is there one skill set that you think all mid level marketers need to have in order to break to the next level? Like they have to be strong at data, or they have to be strong communicators. Is there one thing? Maybe someone's listening and they're like, "Oh, I'm not so strong at communications," or "I'm not so strong with data." Would you recommend these two as like the must have skills in order to break yes, to the C suite? Yep, 100%. Soft skills and the special communication is like a never-ending learning uh, for, for, uh, for me included because oh. at the end of the day, uh, no one understands what you're doing and no one understands your needs if you don't explain uh, them to anyone. So it's the question, okay, so how do you explain, educate, inform everyone else about what you can deliver, what you need, to deliver it uh, and so on and so forth. So communication is key, that, that, that's 100%. And talking about data-driven approach, that, uh, that's definitely handy, especially uh, when it yeah. comes to, to any leadership roles, because when you're going to talk to the board of directors, communicating 
very clearly about what you want to achieve, you will need to back up your idea with the numbers. And mm -hmm. you better understand what you're talking about. Because otherwise, sometimes, you know, any executive can show the numbers, but it's very clearly, it, it's very clear that they do not necessarily understand like what stands behind the numbers. So if you are able to back up your your communication with really data-driven approach, it's like a winning combo. And being a good communicator is just important in life, right? Oh, like, yes. <laughs> Like you want to, you, you need to learn how to communicate to your customers as a marketer. That's all you're doing. Sure. You're using SEO tactics or you're using PPC, like all the buzzwords that we hear in marketing. Yes. You're using these tools, but at the end of the day, the, what you're trying to do is you you have something to say and you want your customers to see it and feel something right. That's at the end of the day. Uh, let's do a little bit of a, a analytics test. Olga before the IPO, you were making X number of dollars. Now, after the IPO, are you making more money? <laughs> after the IPO at SEMREF? Yes, I do. H how much? Like, give, give us give us the range. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> you want to, yeah, you want to, you want to close I wanna it. Close, like, <laughs> I want to close it off strong. <laughs> yeah, you want to close it off, like really, really. <laughs> Really well. Okay, okay, okay. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Unless if you can share it, we would love if you can share that as well. I kind of no? got used to this thing, so I can. Yeah. <laughs> you want to share it, but you just want to take that shot of hot yeah. sauce. I understand. I understand. All right. Okay. Cheers. It's the big one. All right. The big one. Bro. <laughs> All right, Olga. Okay. You. It's been an hour. We've talked yeah. about so many different topics. We've taken four shots of hot sauce. My mouth is kind of burning right now, but Mine I don't. Too. I think <laughs> yours is okay. Okay. Before we end off, I know you're very active on LinkedIn. If people are interested in what you're doing, um, or like they want to learn more about you know, things that you're up to, where's the best place for everyone to connect with you? Uh, is it Twitter? Is it LinkedIn? What other channels are you on? 100%. LinkedIn. Okay. So people can reach out to you and you'll, you'll accept and you'll, and you'll do yes. hot shots with them. Yes. Yes. Please reach out. And, uh, I enjoy conversations there a lot. LinkedIn is my yeah. second favorite place now, except for after work. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. No, you post, you post quite a bit of content. So that's, yeah, and who, anyone listening, definitely reach out to Olga Denisova. Um, Olga, thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have to do a round two at some point. Um, maybe we can up the heat on, <laughs> on, on the next the next show. But um, thank you so much, and we'll definitely have you back on soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I hope you like that episode. Rather than sitting here and telling you to hit that subscribe button or smash the like button, I'll say this instead. Send me a screenshot if you actually liked one of our episodes or you subscribe to our channel and I'll take the next hot sauce shot with your name on it. Even better, you can come on the show, ask questions and take hot sauce shots together with the next CEO, CMO or founder that comes on the show. I hope that you've learned a few things or two listening to some of our episodes. We post every Friday. And finally, if you have any feedback or ways that I can improve the show, let me know. Thanks. See you on the next one. <laughs>